Thrones. They put a lot of work into it. And it's your man is a Game of Thrones. It makes perfect sense. Game of Thrones is back. Ed Sheeran's in it. I think he might be a secret Targaryen. Have you watched Game of Thrones yet? What are your opinion of Game of Thrones right now? Welcome to Shows What You Know, uh, your television podcast where sometimes we're fighting the fourth dimension to get everything to work in time, sometimes we're trying to get the show out live, and sometimes we manage it just perfectly, and sometimes we're there in the nick of time. It's all, it's all very bewildering how it all turns out in the end. Somehow it all works. Uh, my name is Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli. You don't understand the hoops that we just jumped through to make that happen, but we did it much like Jon Snow, much like Cersei Lannister, much like Tyrion Lannister, Daenerys Targaryen, Davos uh, Fleabottom or whatever his name is. Gendry. Gendry. All these survivors. That's us. The Game of Thrones podcast, your place, shows what you know. The Game of Thrones podcast where we're breaking it down. Oh yes, we're here to talk about episodes 5 and 6 of season 7 of Game of Thrones. Uh, it's been a roller coaster so far. I think emotions are high all around. Uh, some, sometimes we get just high off the special effects, but that's another story. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we should start with just general impressions and such of episodes five and six. Uh, I'm gonna throw it to you first of all, like, because first two episodes of the season, we were like. Uh, we don't know. Then to another two episodes, we're like, this is amazing. Now we're here. Almost finished. It's almost over. Where are you at, Jim Scampoli? Um, I'm still digging it. I am still on board. I've noticed that there's been a flip-flop. If you listen to the first uh, our discussion of the first two episodes, I was pretty down. I even had the tweet that I mentioned where I said, Game of Thrones kind of sucks now. And I feel like everyone else is now like, Game of Thrones kind of sucks now. But I'm glad I was there because I feel like I just got myself in proper Game of Thrones mode. Mm. Um, because a lot of people are saying stuff I was saying because they think like this stuff's supposed to happen on regular TV shows, but not Game of Thrones. And I still think Game of Thrones is head and shoulders above the, above the most, maybe not the rest, but the most. But I think I kind of settled myself in where like, this is a little different Game of Thrones. Things are going to come fast and loose and just strap in and go along for the ride. Yeah, I think that's a good point of view to have because definitely, as you said, it's feeling like a TV show, which is not crazy because it's a TV show. Uh, but yeah, more away from where we were before which is kind of a shame i can't blame people but i really think you were ahead of the game saying that early on so that you could really get into these episodes i have to admit i've been having uh, some doubts at this point i'm like uh okay like I, I i can suspend my disbelief to a certain point but sometimes there's some issues that said there was some amazing stuff in these two episodes and we're not really gonna have a spoiler free section we're just gonna blast through them both and if you're joining us live in the chat please do let us know your opinions and uh, if you're listening at home and you've just finished watching maybe the season finale or something rather you can also send your opinions to shows what you know show at gmail.com to participate in the discussion with that said, should we just go ahead and start with episode five? Well, I just want to say one other thing uh, as far as 
the attitude around Game of Thrones. And I already made this comparison, but I still feel like it's a decent comparison. It's things, since the story's winding down, things have to start falling into place. Meaning, oh, yeah. like, we can't just kill off main characters just because, like, for the shock factor. Not, not that Game of Thrones did it for the shock factor, but there's not, there's not anything else there if they kill, like, because some people are complaining about characters not dying. I kind of did the same thing with um, the, uh, the Dragon War or the, the what, the, the, food, the food truck <laughs> The food truck right. battle food of truck the field. Battle. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, the name. Because it's like if they kill off Jon Snow or something, then what is the rest of the show? You know? So things have to start falling into place. It's very similar to the Breaking Bad finale. People thought there was going to be some crazy twist at the end. And even though it was very well executed, a lot of people were unhappy because it's not so much that they fully predicted it, but it's things that you had an idea were going to happen happened. And I think you're going to have to strap in for Game of Thrones with that. Of course, there's definitely going to be some surprises, but uh, they're not just going to behead Daenerys in you know this episode because then what have we been doing for the last eight, seven years of our lives? True, but what about like the Hound or the guy with the flame Very true. sword or? Like, I mean, I, I agree. It's also earlier on they could kill off characters and it could like mean a lot because uh, they were central characters. We spent a lot of time with them, but we also had a hell of a lot more characters going around. So mm -hmm. uh, I, see, I see where you're coming from. Uh, and also interesting to mention Breaking Bad because I was thinking earlier, what TV shows have there been where the finale is just really like, Mwah! like <laughs> there's a lot of TV shows that end and you're not like in love with it. Uh, Breaking Bad, one of my favorites. Uh, I, some people don't like it, of course, but uh, it's, it's kind of a lot of pressure. I can. I, I don't want to make any excuses for the writing or anything, but there's a lot of things that have to come together. And the more people that are watching, the more people are going to be dissatisfied about certain parts of it. Uh, that said, there's a lot of plot holes. Uh, yeah, I guess we well, should get into it. Well, yeah, because don't get me wrong. There's definitely some things. I'm not saying don't have any. Don't have any complaints. Sure. Because there are definitely some things left wanting. And I even, we pointed it out, I, I could see from the first two episodes that without the books as uh, like a safety net or what have you, the writing's definitely off a little bit. Yeah. And now you do start to wonder, wait, are, are like Weiss and Benioff really great? Or do they just have great stuff to pull from? Mm -hmm. And I really think it's been a combination. Mm -hmm. I think they've been at their best when they've had great stuff to pull from. And then... Uh, now it's kind of they they kind of have to make stuff up as they go, and I think they're leaning more towards well, we have this awesome thing in mind, let's get to that rather than I mean, say what you will for George R. R. Martin, but he will spend ten years in a situa in a plot that he doesn't want to be in just because he wants it to make sense. He will write whole books about stuff that he doesn't care about just and the readers don't care about just to make it all add up. That's kind of his uh the negative side of his style. So D&D certainly have their opposite approach. I think they had the best balance when they had both of them. Now we're kind of here. So uh I'm I'm still yeah. digging it too. It's just these two episodes again there was stuff going on mostly about this whole 
plan that you referred to as like an Ocean's Eleven type situation, something like that, assembling a ragtag group to go do an adventure. It feels yeah. about as un-Game of Thrones as anything that's happened. And it kind of seems to follow different rules than we've gotten used to over seasons and seasons. So uh, they should also be aware of what they've written before and hopefully like integrated in a way where it still feels like the same world and not drastically different. I'd say they're still balancing on that and it kind of goes either way. Sometimes it's great. Okay, yeah, well, okay, we'll get there. So episode five, I did pay attention to the intro and Eastwatch is in the intro, boys. Well done, Jim. That's the first <laughs> time, right? That's the first attention. time. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, so we, we see Eastwatch. We only see it for like a, it feels like a moment in the actual show, but... But yeah, when we actually start out, last week we asked the question if Jamie Lannister is still alive. That's answered in a few seconds as Bronn pulls him out in his uh, full plate mail somehow uh, onto the bank there. Uh, well, I mean, and this was such a cop-out, not the fact that he lived or got out of the water, but the fact that nobody noticed or that they got that far away. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like we later saw with Jon Snow getting out of the water like it was so late after that all the people had stopped like all the zombies had already yeah. left but he was still like kind of just swimming i guess uh same with like Tyrion did see them go into the water he saw the whole attack but he didn't like investigate and then later they kind of hang out in king's landing they don't mention how he nearly got roasted i think um but yeah it, it it's a scene. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have described it as really terrible. I didn't mind it too much, uh, honestly. What did you think? I Well, I just think it solidified like what, what we were discussing about this battle uh, in the last episode is that, you know, it was great. It was, you know, uh, thrilling, but there was really nothing at stake because, you know, if they just had, and I get like for dramatic reasons they didn't, they had those opportunities where Braun was even saying, like, Jamie, get out of here. Jamie, get out of here. And it's like, if something big isn't going to happen with Jamie Lannister, then just have him get out of there. Because I don't buy that he just falls in the water and then comes up, you know, 400 yards away. And he's like, oh, oh, oh that, was some good, that was some good swimming. Uh, and either way, even if they were that far away, I still feel like they would have got them. Like, hey, remember they just remember that guy was going to kill me? But I, again, these are, I mean, I guess I wouldn't really call it a nitpick because you're not really like picking at a small thing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's some of the things that do make it a little bit more shaky as we're coming towards the finish line here at Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, the whole gritty realism that was part of the appeal and kind of still is, it kind of takes a punch when you have people like, you know, Braun, best dude, dodging fire, shooting dragons, diving in and digging him up. They, they even escaped from that whole army that was just there and executing people, uh, I guess. Uh, and like that's almost all the characters are just like, wow, best dude, impossible to kill. Uh, oh, that guy's not a main character? Oh, he can die. That's fine. It's a bit Star Trek, bit red shirt stuff going on with that. It feels like it doesn't, it, we kind of lose some of the whole feeling of anyone can die uh, or anyone can be injured and, and anything can happen. It feels like more within the strict format that they're going for. But anyway, yes, he's back. He's alive. 
Yes, and then uh, we get to see Daenerys uh, roast up the Tarleys. And this is kind of played as this, like, oh, my God. But I I don't know. I guess I kind of understood why she would do it because it just reminded me of, uh, reminded me a little bit of, like, Ned Stark in the first episode where it's like, you know, you call out a, a punishment, you got to follow through. So, I, but I mean, Tyrion, and I feel like the way they want this to play out is you're supposed to be kind of like, oh no, why did she do that? She's going, she's the Mad King. But to me, I just was like, yeah, of course, that's what you do. They're not going to bend the knee and they're going to like show up in front of their uh, soldiers. That's giving their soldiers a little piece of hope. Nope. Burn them up. They all bend the knee. There you go. Call it a day. Let's get, let's go home. I agree. I feel like they, I mean, they've been hammering a bit on this thing that Daenerys wants to make a whole new world, <laughs> yeah. a place where something and so on. And uh, I mean, I guess they show that because she freed the slaves, but it's almost as if they've taken that to mean, oh, we can't, you know, kill our enemies with these dragons. That would be horrible. And I guess in a way I, I can see how it would be like hey maybe we can turn them around maybe we can be sneaky and little fingery about them but i i still don't see it as like oh my gosh uh she did something terrible definitely not uh, the only reason i would say if if i was there if i was Tyrion, i'd maybe try to do the same thing because hey remember the mad king he sure like burning people alive a lot your dad your old pops uh coin still in the air half the time you end up crazy ha 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 maybe burn as few people as you can could we maybe behead them you know st something like that but uh still it doesn't feel like a big deal to me yeah that's I, the chat room said that at the same time as you were talking the only wrong is the burning people beheading them's not an issue i guess i guess it's what it's just because of the history of burning people that's what makes it the makes it the controversial choice i honestly feel like if it was uh, regular fire, and they were kind of standing there with old medieval flint, like, come on, let's get you burned up, ha ha ha. It's different. This is literally, like, the most fast way you can kill someone, I feel, with dragon fire. Uh, it'll destroy them in three or four seconds. Uh, so, I mean, it's horrible, but... Uh, it's 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 not as bad as actually torturing someone to death. She didn't even have them eat them. I thought for sure, like, hey, fresh fresh meat for, <laughs> for my dragons. That would have been more disturbing, but didn't go that way either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I get it. I, it's like the 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 history. It's what it says and what it shows about the type of leader you are, I suppose. But yeah, it hey, shows I mean, what you know, you know, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I feel like we get some we get some uh, time with Cersei where. You know, she's just saying she'd rather fight and die than, you know, what, surrender and die or something or other? Well, uh, honestly, yeah, that's when uh, Jamie comes back, right? And they have mm -hmm. kind of an argument about it. I, I kind of felt on Cersei's side for, like, the first time in a long time because it's kind of too late, Jamie. Like, face it, what what is it you're asking me to do, Jamie, at this point? We already, like had our incest babies and blew up everyone. Uh, we murdered, we tried to assassinate this girl. This girl's uh, parents were and, and relatives were bashed to death by us. Uh, and now you want us to do what exactly? Just lie down and expose our bellies to the dragons? Did you not see the Tarleys? Yeah, no, it, 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 I, I'm with you. And I, I don't like Cersei at all, but... Uh, yeah, because Jamie basically comes back. He's like, I've seen these dragons were fucked. There's nothing we could do. It's over. We're just, let's, just, let's just run away or let's surrender. And yeah. then she's like, nah, I ain't having that shit. 
so yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, it made sense because, uh, I mean, I guess what what is the thought that they would surrender and that Daenerys would be like, all right, well, you know, hey, you're only Cersei and Jamie Lannister. I guess I'll keep you around. Maybe yeah. you could be a maester. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, there's no one around who's on their sides, right? I mean, the Tarleys were the only ones they could convince and they promptly got barbecued. What are they going to do? I mean, they've kind of been doing it very impressively in this war, partially it feels like, because uh, the whole plot situation needs them to be more of a threat. Um, But yeah, what are they going to do? Surrender? Mm, Hey, Seven Kingdoms, split them down the middle. Uh, You can have the North. I have a feeling the property value is about to go down, so you you take the north and uh, some of these other kingdoms. I don't think that would work for either of them. Um, then we do get a scene where uh, John has uh, John Snow has a connection with the dragon, which to me should be screaming like, "I'm your relative. I'm related to you. Don't you understand? Stop falling yeah. in love with me. Let's <laughs> stop falling in love with each other." Well, on that note, uh, when I first met my girlfriend's dog, the dog got so excited that she peed all over the floor. Now, this is a house-trained dog, but when she was younger, she used to pee on the floor when someone new and exciting came around, but that hadn't happened for like a year. And then I came and, she, and the dog was like, oh my God, and, and peed on the floor. And I hope that doesn't mean we're related. Well, I mean, your dog, uh, dog and like dragons only bowing down to what people with dragon fire or whatever the hell they call it on the show. Targaryen, I think it's a little yeah. different. Oh yeah, but that's I get it, I get what you're saying. Like, I think that's what you're saying is how she read it. Is like, it's like uh, it's kind of like a cliche thing of like you know if my cat likes him then I, then he's a good one. He's a, he's he's a winner. So I mean, you lucked out. And then I guess Jon Snow here is lucking out with this dragon. That's all like, hey, you're cool. Well, I, we'll see. The DNA tests haven't come back yet, so who <laughs> knows? But, and the, uh, yeah. But and that's then, also, like, it, it felt like that was building to something. I'm sure it's building to something in the last episode. But uh, it kind of felt like that could have come more into play in the next episode for me. Uh, you know, um, when the dragons were showing up. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe it would have added up better if a dragon saved Jon Snow rather than um, the the his uncle from seasons ago. Well, the thing is, they just like, they keep trying to have these moments where Jon and Daenerys will stare at each other. It's, it's the classic romantic comedy moment where something's about to happen and someone's like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And this was the moment I think what Jor- Jorah shows up like to oh, kind yeah. of break Third up the wheel moment. Jorah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, he shows up again and ruins the mood. And I mean, basically, what happens immediately after that? Let me see. Um, they start making their plans, right? Um, well, I think Jorah shows up, uh, and then like so then like. He starts making his eyes at Daenerys, like as they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, next in my notes is basically we start to see uh, we we get uh, Bran's glimpse through the th- like the three eyed raven as he sees the army of the dead. Oh, yeah. uh, so I think shortly after they must get the get the raven because you know like the common complaint is everything's very fast now. So Bran sees it, sends a raven, they get it like immediately, and then and then even John's kind of like. 
barely like surprised that Brand's back, isn't he? I mean, I guess yeah. maybe as a comment, he does have some sort of side comment about him being back, but it's mostly like he's seen the army of the dead. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's he's. I think he's like, oh, I thought he was dead, and then it's like, all right, you, you don't sound too happy, and then it's like all about the zombies again. Back to the zombie business. Who does Bran uh, our mail like? Does he also send it to the Citadel? The same thing. Well, yes, because we also get that scene. Um, where the maesters are all talking about it and uh, Sam tries to convince them. And I don't know, like they know it, it's the same. It's the same argument I have where when like uh, Daenerys doesn't believe in it and it's like you have three dragons. Shouldn't you have a little bit more open mind to things that are happening? And the maesters are supposed to be like what these well-educated, like knowledgeable people, especially with history and all that. Mm-hmm. And now they hear about the army of the dead and they're like, ha ha, this is just a trick by the lady with the dragons, uh, which frustrates uh, Sam Tarly as it would. And then, but they do have that little, uh, they drop that little knowledge of like, isn't that the dude whose brother and dad got killed by dragons? <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't told him that yet. Uh, yeah, which is fun. I mean, he is part of the Night's Watch, so I guess he doesn't inherit and also, I mean, that land is all up in flames and in a war anyway, so it's not like it's a big deal. But hey, remember that big house he was at a few seasons ago? No one's the lord of that house anymore. So, you know, he could go there and with, with Gilly and live happily ever after if he wanted to with all those books he stole. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do like Jim Benson, right? Is that his name? Uh, oh, um, great big bushy beard. Uh, exactly, what, yeah. I can't think of his name right now. But yeah, that actor. But... He, he does a good job of playing both sides. He's, I mean, or showing that like he's reasonable and saying the reasons for and against. Uh, but still, it's obviously frustrating enough for Sam. Although the most central scene in this uh, whole fucking bit is uh, when they're reading that book. Gilly's yes, reading the book. I, uh, I believe I. Well, I'm sorry, annoying fucking scene of no no I, I I strike that that's not the most annoying part because the annoying part comes later and I'm gonna tell you all about it but uh, this annoying part is like something that's been waited for for decades and it's revealed in this sitcommy way which is fine I promise it's fine but it's not gonna have as much of a dramatic impact it's just this. For if you don't know what we're talking about, Gilly's reading this book, mm-hmm. all his stuff like, huh, what about this? And Sam's like, will you shut up, woman? I'm trying to be a maester or something. <laughs> Meanwhile, of course, she reads the most central piece of evidence or whatever that we've been waiting for for a long time, telling us that Rhaegar Targaryen did indeed uh, set aside his lawful wife and marry Jon Snow's mother, Lyanna. These are not spoilers at this point. You should already know this. Uh, mm-hmm. Lyanna Stark who's uh, Ned Stark's sister, they got married. That means he's a legitimate Targaryen prince, and he has a more rightful claim than Daenerys. I, as I think we've brought up, these claims don't matter. Uh, it's war. Any, whoever wins is the victor, as Robert's whole rebellion showed. But still, this has been something that's been just brewing since book one, and it kind of revealed in this offhand way. And the reason I don't like it is that it feels like a little wink to the audience rather than good storytelling. It's like they throw it in to to make us aware that they're aware of us, and there's more of that stuff going on. So I wasn't crazy about it. What did you feel? 
Yeah, no. Uh, well, it, I did just ask the question too uh, in our previous discussion because I was I was like, wouldn't it not even matter? Wouldn't he still just be Jon Snow because he's a bastard? But this does basically confirm that no, he is not a bastard. And I think it's a little of both. I mean, I'm completely with you that it's uh, it's kind of a shit way to reveal that. But with the way things are, I I don't know if it was just like they didn't know another way. Um, although, like, I was annoyed. I mean, they, they could have worked it in. They might as well have just worked it into the flashback, like their their cheating flashback with Bran last yeah. season. Because even with that, they still had the whole, like, and his name is... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like not that it really matters what his name is, but at this point where we're in it, you're telling us the story. Don't be like, here, it's my son, and his, is his name. But uh, yeah, it, it was such a, it was such a. You're right. It was a wink, and pretty sloppy, and like kind of a joke because it's like shrugged away by Sam being like, will you shut up? <laughs> let's yeah. go. Let's get out of here. Uh, and it's, and it was even like, it's even more annoying because we've spent all this time with Sam at the Citadel. And now he's like, fuck this. We're out of here. Let's go pack it up. Grab that bastard son of yours. And <laughs> let's, let's, let's head out of here. I mean, um, basically proving that he was just there to cure Jorah and deliver the information about the dragon, class uh, at dragonstone also of course i assume the books they gathered they pr probably still have that information and that might pop up later uh letting us know that but we also have bran fucking miracle bran who knows everything that ever shall be or has been so it's kind of irrelevant at this point also bran the most useless i mean i know he sent a raven but uh I guess that is the limit of his power now, but isn't he supposed to be like an old god at this point? He's basically one of the old gods, more or less. He's absorbed all this knowledge. So maybe he, if no one else was uh, intelligent enough to say it, maybe he could have sa sent a raven saying, hey, don't go north of the wall. It's full of fucking whites. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that maybe that's what he wrote, but apparently... Like, this whole plot stupidity that strikes everyone in the next scene when they're deciding what to do. I don't know if it's exactly the next scene, but I want to talk about it. This whole council where they make up their mind that, hey, the only reasonable thing to do is to yeah. go and fetch a white. That's the thing that messes up these whole episodes to me because it doesn't make any sense as far as... I In my notes, I do believe I wrote something along the lines of... Um, this ploy of showing Cersei a white walker, or white, is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, no, this plan is really bad. Um, and it, what's the goal? It is to convince Cersei to not fight? Is that the no, reason? It's, what's the reason? Remember I said it as a joke, is that what if they have to team up with Cersei to fight the, like, the winter, the white walkers? Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do... This is to get her on their side, and then they'll all fight, uh, you know, winter that's coming. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it just doesn't add up considering their relative strengths. I'm, I can see Daenerys saying, you know, I don't want to fight Cersei right now because it's going to be a bother, but I don't think they have enough people to make a difference in the whole fight against the north more importantly Jon Snow is in this episode saying over and over we can't wait any longer we have to do something right now and the solution is to go north 
fetch a White Walker, and then take it all the way south to King's Landing, show it to Cersei, who isn't going to agree anyway, or she will just because she wants to either delay it or because the plot wants her them all to team up. That's the plan, and the potential loss is the king in the north is going to die, first of all. Uh, he doesn't seem to care about that. I guess Danny's point of view could be, hey, this king who won't uh, kneel, he's going to go north of the wall and maybe die. No skin off my nose. Uh, but actually, that's not her perspective because she's all flirting with him and all sad when he's in danger. So that's not her, her point of view. Uh, but still, they do send the king north uh, to die. Uh, and, I mean, this is kind of jumping to the next episode, but everything goes to shit, and they all seem super surprised when it's full of fucking dead people. Well, and, and honestly, yes, the way Jon Snow's been saying that there's no time, it honestly would seem like it'd be quicker to go in and decimate King's Landing and kill Cersei, and yeah. then be like, all right, now we got that settled, let's all go north and fucking fight the zombies. It really doesn't make sense that they're like, well, no, we can get her on our side uh, by, yes, by capturing a zombie, bringing it back to King's Landing and showing her. But that's also still not taking into account that we're talking about Cersei Lannister, and either way... Whether you get her on your side or not, like, it's, you know, you, you can't trust her. Even if you're fighting the dead, it doesn't matter. And, and I feel like they know that. Uh, backing up real quick, because going in the chat, um, back to the, the Gilly reveal is uh, Marco in the chat saying, it's not an official reveal, it's just for us, the viewer. And yeah, that's kind of what we're saying. Um, so if they're going to have an official reveal, it feels like just save it for the official reveal. Unless they're just unless that to us is the official reveal and the characters will find out about it off screen. Um, and they're also saying Bran's not 100 percent yet. He just received some fragments of the vision. Not all know, not all knowing. I feel like the show is kind of pitching it otherwise. Uh, maybe he's not all knowing, but he's I thought the whole reason why he's being a weirdo is that he has like he does see he says, like, I see everything. And he that's why he knows about. Sansa and Arya and he you know obviously he knows about Jon I mean he, we even had I forget it was this episode or the episode before where he had to be like where's Jon I have something to tell him and everyone's like ooh we know what he's gonna tell him yeah. uh so I mean I, you, you you could be right but I just feel like either way the show's not very clear with that and they're using Bran they're playing it up as he is pretty much there that's why he can't connect or give a shit like that's why he kind of doesn't really give a shit about anything else yeah. um jonathan says he's like google but he needs to make a search i mean i guess yeah. uh it's too much information to process in one brain maybe i was actually uh talking about this uh with jonathan earlier what the hell is like brands like what what is he capable of it it seems like they made him capable of too much and that means they can't use him because he's too powerful or maybe it's also true what marco is saying that he's not completely like connected to everything or uh i was also uh, wondering if he can actually see the future or just everything in the past because they kind of implied that he can see the future as well but on the other hand i'm not 100% on if they've shown that concretely. Either way, they made him into a character that's very difficult to use. He just has this piece of information that we've already known now for a long time, and they're kind of holding that reveal like they held the whole stab to the chest thing until the next episode, yeah. which also 
we all, we now know wasn't for really any good reason except for a, a dr- more dramatic bare-chested Jon Snow scene. Yes. And well now that you mentioned it too as far as about brand potentially seeing the future. Now is it pretty well known that the Night King kind of sees the future? I don't think so. Uh or I mean I I don't I don't know honestly. Uh, we don't know that much about the Night King, as far yeah, as I Yeah, that's understand. what I figured. But, I mean, I guess it could be argued that potentially, if Bran sees the future, that the the Night King is similar. Or at least, what, the, the Three-Eyed Raven could kind of see what, what would be coming in the future. But It I, is I would... also true, uh, sorry to cut you off, but it is also true that um, the Night King and Bran are sort of weirdly connected. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all the details, but they were kind of in each other's visions when like the three-eyed raven died and then he was all spacing out and he was seeing the night king and like he was traveling into the past and seeing the creation of the night king and uh then he looked at him and like oh he can see through time so there's something like that like what you were saying going on and it certainly seems likely considering the events of episode six which seem like uh if there was an oceans 11 thing going on the 11 we should have been paying attention to were the night king and his 10 white walkers they were the one actually making a reasonable plan with a twist at the end not the humans yeah well before we get to episode six um so yeah we we'd mentioned their like uh, ridiculous plan that they come up with and everyone's kind of like yeah yeah that's a good plan <laughs> uh let's do it uh so we finally get the return is it gendry or gendry uh i've heard both but i think they say gendry Gen- okay gendry. no gendry Gendry, oh. yeah. So we finally get to, because uh, Davos is just, they're like, what, you're not going to watch the boat? And he's like, well, I could watch the boat, or I'll just fuck off over here, or whatever. They, some weird excuse that doesn't really make any sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> instead of just saying, no, there's somebody I can go get. There's someone I'm going to go go get. Like, But he's just like, oh, whatever. And um, so, yeah, he's just been making swords, making weapons, you know, uh, bulking my up. Re- my first reaction was like, I know those biceps. I yeah. know them. <laughs> oh my god! I was so excited, and then Davos nearly ruined everything with the. I mean, I, I'm nitpicking now, but I'm kind of enjoying it. What I was the, uh, the wink, saying, the yep. worst line possibly in Game of Thrones history. I mean, there are some combatants out there that could give it a run for its money, but thought you might still be rowing is one of the stupidest well, things dude, ever said in Game of Thrones. This is exactly what I said, though. Davos is just there to be a goof. He's there to goof all the time and say, like, f- I guess, funny things or little winks to the audience. And, uh, yeah, he did not fail us. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have minded it as a line in itself, except for, uh, I guess, like, half a decade at this point. Half a decade of memes of Gendry in a boat and jokes about it, and then the show, when we finally get to see him, they decide to do this little wink, which isn't bad in itself, but just the fact that we've waited so long for a dramatic conclusion, and it keeps giving us these little, like, eh? You remember you were watching a TV show, right? You remember the memes? And instead of giving us just a satisfying scene... Uh, I mean, I would. Does that make any sense in universe for him to say that? Like in the world, I thought you might still be rowing. Uh, no, it doesn't. It, no, doesn't. it doesn't make any sense. So no, it, does, uh, it doesn't make unless. Yeah, it only makes sense is if Davos has been watching the show and also been wondering, like, yeah, where is Gendry? I need to go get him. Yeah, exactly. 
So, uh, but apart from that, I liked that scene. I liked seeing Gendry again. Uh, I, I like that attitude. they. I like that they set up that it was going to be like, hey, you know, don't tell John who you are, and then immediately tells him who he is. I did like that. That feels uh, like one of those things that's more like a TV show, but in a good way because we're kind of harping on all the negative stuff. But I don't feel that George R. R. Martin would ever have written that scene like that. But it's written this way; it works really well on the screen, uh, and it kind of immediately gives us a connection between between Gendry and John. Uh, their their parents were buddies, or you know, supposed parents, and uh, they immediately kind of like each other and have some chemistry. Gendry gets to be uh, funny. He gets to be cool. He has a badass hammer that he clobbers two guards with too, which was kind of great. I mean, they should have done that from the start. Instead, a goofball Davos is like, "Oh, you know, I take a fistful of this under your lip, and your wife no- won't know what hit her." And uh, <laughs> then they just beat them to death anyway. Yeah, because Tyrion shows up, and it's uh, so they can really hammer it. Like, well, hammer it home. <laughs> uh, well, because Davos mentions his hammer like he, like he, two times before that and two times after, because he's like good with a hammer. He's he's got a hammer, and then went to John like, is he a good fighter? Not with a sword, but he's got a hammer. All right, yeah, we get it. We saw it happen. <laughs> You've talked about it a bunch of times. We understand. Yeah. Uh, we also learn he probably learned... oh, gives that hammer away in the next episode too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Just a side note: he does never <laughs> use it, so that's fine. We also learn that Cersei's pregnant. Now, where are we at on this? Is this a real thing or is this, you know, women doing their thing where they say they're pregnant? Uh, that never actually entered my <laughs> mind, Jim. Do you want to give us some insight on why you think that might be the case? Well, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm goofing. I'm being, uh, you know, facetious. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I just don't trust Cersei Lannister is more mm-hmm. anything. Uh, or at the very least, if she does, if she is pregnant, it's some weird monster person. Oh, well, that's a given. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a weird monster person, but uh, yeah, I think she's pregnant. Why not at this point? Uh, just to give uh, Jamie some extra sour uh, sourness when he eventually murders her, or as we well. I feel like earlier. that takes that theory away. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. Uh, who's gonna I mean, murder you'd have to make, Someone has to do it. You'd have to make Jamie Lannister quite a monster to murder his pregnant s- sister lover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, he is quite a monster in our book, so uh, could could be the case. Probably not, though. And how weak does it make the uh, what is it? The the men without flags, is, is, the brotherhood without banners, the brother, <laughs> same the thing. Men, the men without <laughs> flags. Unlike your auntie, what are you watching that show with the men without flags? <laughs> um. But them and the Hound get captured off screen and they're just locked in jail? It feels yeah. like they're tough dudes. Why? Or did they see it in the fire that they should just go with these men? I guess. I mean, they were heading north because the Hound saw a vision, I think. I think that was the reason they had their motivation yeah. to go north. And uh, then they were attacked by wildlings. Did they also see that the wildlings are now on their side, or like what was their motivation? Because I don't see them wearing black cloaks. These uh, these wildlings. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I guess they either surrendered or just uh, were too drunk to fight. Uh, the hound probably called them cunts, and that was about it. That's more or less what he does these days. Throws some rocks sometimes. A very useful guy. But yeah, they they get locked up as we find out when um, 
when the team comes up there and they have another scene where there's a lot of scenes where characters are like, well, you killed my uncle. Well, you did this and that, where we kind of reminding us the audience, but also there's so many interconnections going on that we kind of forgot like that Gendry had anything to do with the Brotherhood Without Banners. Mm. Uh, he's definitely against them teaming up, but only because he sold them to a Red Witch. I mean, that's that's among the tamer crimes committed on this show. Yeah, very true. So it does set our uh, Ocean's Eleven gang up where it's like, hey, good thing you're here because we're going to go capture a zombie. You want to capture a zombie? And they're like, man, what else am I going to do? I got a mm-hmm. sword of fire. <laughs> Who do I care? Yes. Um, so that's the plan. Oh, what's it? What else is Samuel steals the books and then? Oh yeah, you know we have at Winterfell. Hooray! We have uh, Arya. Oh yes, doing her little spy business on Littlefinger because uh, she doesn't trust him as she shouldn't. Uh, and he, of course, pulling the strings, doing the schemes. Is he dishonest? knows the faceless girl is following because he's the best. This makes so. the with the way they they've built Arya up too much to make this feasible that i mean i guess yes littlefinger is supposed to be the master manipulator but what we've seen aria go through it really is kind of a stretch to feel like she's being manipulated like this yep but she is uh she follows littlefinger finds this little piece of parchment and the reason i buy it i mean i mean he is using truth at least like because she really like she was forced to write that but it's still I mean, I guess Arya explains it in the next episode where she says, like, you know, I would have died before I betrayed my family. And, you know, you're going to tell the little Mormon girl that, uh, uh, you know, you're just a girl. You would say that you were just a girl. You, she's younger than you are now. When you were then, you would tell her you were scared. And then Sansa's like, "You don't know what I've been through." And it's it's honestly, Jim, I didn't know we I didn't know we were playing clips from the show. <laughs> yeah, we have that technology. <laughs> oh. Honestly, I think we sh- we could be in episode six right now. To me, I feel like that stuff. I know a lot of people. There's a lot of little nitpicks and complaints with the Beyond the Wall stuff. This the Sansa and Arya stuff kills all momentum and really sinks down the episode to me more so than anything Mm. else going on that's interesting because i didn't feel like that at all probably because like i didn't uh, it it doesn't it doesn't feel super satisfying that littlefinger is manipulating all of it but because he's using truth because he's using actual conflicts between these characters i was like not necessarily super on board but with me not understanding the reason for going beyond the wall, uh, in comparison, I didn't really mind the tense scenes between Arya and Sansa, where they kind of find out more about who each other are and where they've been. That felt kind of like... um, It it felt kind of grounded in a way because they weren't, like, attacked by wildlings or, you know, zombies or dragons or anything. And they were in character. They weren't just quipping back and forth and doing these television-like lines. Uh, What was the reason you found that it was kind of fair, Well, to be fair for this show, it's not outrageous to be attacked by uh, zombies and White Walkers. Like, it's been a part of the show for quite a long time. So I get what you're saying, like... This is still more grounded because it's personal drama, but it's not out of realm for this show to have stuff. I guess I was more 
interested in what was going on there, even if it was outrageous. And it felt like a weird, jarring uh, cut to go to sisters, you know, arguing. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But a lot of the North of the Wall stuff was kind of, okay, now these two characters talk. And now these two characters yeah, talk. Very true. And now these two. And I was kind of losing track. Like, haven't everyone already had a conversation with everyone yet? So. Yeah, I guess what I mean is more so when things started going down. Because when, oh, yeah. sh when shit started going down, it would then cut to, uh, you know, like sneaking around and looking in a dresser or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in episode six, Beyond the Wall, as we were saying. Uh, talking about it overall, the main plot, of course, is the stuff beyond the wall. But if we want to do the other stuff first, that kind of covers Arya and Sansa. Is there anything else going on in this episode, South? Uh, I don't think so. Um, right? No, I think... I just that's it out of my mind. No, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess there's some interesting th stuff happening because... Uh, Cersei sends an invitation to Sansa and like she's like oh, I'm too smart for that bitch I ain't ever going back down there but she does make the choice to send Brienne down there which and then she's like Brienne's like what do you mean uh, I should be here and then uh, where the audience are like yeah she should be here but I guess Littlefinger puts it in her head that she needs to go away and it works because he's Littlefinger and he manipul he's master manipulator. Well, first off, I don't think the invitation was from Cersei. I think it was from like Jon Snow or Daenerys or something. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I was mean, I know it? it was to go to King's Landing, but it's to go to this whole... Uh, the meeting they want to do, yeah. yeah. The Council of uh, Elrond-like meeting yep. they're going to have. So since John and that camp are the ones like arranging it, I would assume because I don't Cersei wouldn't send a letter like that <laughs> unless it was well, like, "P.S. I'm going to murder you." Well, the, but the thing, well, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I guess I wasn't quite clear on it because it felt like those other characters were doing things, yeah. and I know they wanted to have a meeting with uh cersei like obviously to show her the white walker but i i didn't or the zombie whatever but uh it wouldn't make sense to me that john would want sansa to go to king's landing because why would he That's need her true. there as well uh, i would just put her in danger like because especially john snow he's always like the one i'll do it you know i'll protect everyone i'll handle everything so it just wouldn't it wouldn't doesn't ring as true to me that he would put her in danger i would almost feel even though i guess it isn't really clear i'd almost feel like cersei would do it as a way to have more uh collateral i suppose mm -hmm. for if because obviously she's planning some shit to go down that's completely true because uh, now that you say it why the hell would Jon snow say hey my representative that I left in the north. You should come here and represent the north. He's the fucking king. He should do it. But then he's further north than any of them. He's yep. just bouncing back, uh, back and forth so fast. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't take any time to go to King's Landing or anywhere. So it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. The I guess Littlefinger could have written it. Yeah, I guess Littlefinger, Littlefinger. Or I mean, yeah. I guess maybe Tyrion. Because I guess Tyrion and Danny are the one talking about it. Uh, but yeah. Tyrion's like, Jon's dead, so he's <laughs> the only one seeing through this whole idiotic plan. We need someone from the north. Um, so I, I'm, I wonder, like, in the previous scene, Littlefinger is saying something like, hey, you know, if one of your sisters were to try to hurt the other one, then, you know, Brienne would have to stop it. And that makes it seem like 
she's going to use Brienne to protect herself. That's what I thought. I think that's what they want you to think, but then is it a twist then that she sends Brienne away because she's going to hurt Arya? Or what's the thing there? She doesn't actually have a lot of people around her who would go against Arya, even if she's like the queen in the north or whatever. Uh, She's a Stark, so... I mean, this would make no sense, uh, but it's what I'm hoping for. And someone else had commented this on one of my Facebook posts about Game of Thrones, is I secretly just hope this is all part of the plan and they're tricking Littlefinger, but I doubt that's what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, how would that add up really? No, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. But uh, I just secretly would hope because I, it's just, I I don't know. I don't really like this. Even though it is smart because it is played off real stuff, I'm just... I don't know. I'm not digging this Arya versus Sansa stuff. Maybe it's because I love them both so much. Mm. Uh, I I guess I kind of, yeah, that makes sense. I kind of liked it, I think. I don't know. I was kind of confused by this whole episode because it's like a one hour, 15 minutes or something like that. 10 minutes of like action and then walking in in, in the snow and all of that. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the drama between the two. But I don't like that it's looking like they're going to kill each other over it. That's the only thing I'm like, come on. I like that there's, yes, some drama and tension. But it, the, the way they keep hinting that, like, who's going to kill who, that yeah. to me is what doesn't ring true. That makes sense. I, I think the only reason I buy that is that Arya is such a fucking weirdo that she would pick up a knife even with her sister and like, <laughs> what do you think about this? But she does it all calm and creepy. And then, I mean, yes, if she had stabbed Sansa or vice versa, I wouldn't have liked those scenes, but instead she hands over the knife. I guess we just have to wait and see. I, I assume that it doesn't end in, just because of the feel of the show, it's not going to end in a tragedy of them killing each other. It's going to end in Littlefinger somehow uh, getting his his head on the chopping block. That's what it seems like anyway. Sure, but then in a weird... I mean, I guess I'd have to see how it plays out, but then in a weird way, that's why it just feels like, what are we doing? Because the it's like they're setting up two things where it's like we know Arya's cold-blooded and can maybe, you know, she could kill somebody with, you know, the drop of a dime or what have you. So then for Sansa's side is that it's just that she's so weirded out by Arya that she might hurt her in her own defense because she's worried about what she, how unpredictable she is. Uh, so I don't know. But that that's why it's like you have a scene where she has a knife and she's like, ooh, what about this knife? I could do things and I could do this and I could cut you and then here you go and then walk away. Like, so is she purpose? She's purposely toying with her, but why? Yeah. Like, why is she bringing it to that level? Why is she purposely toying with her to be like, I could kill you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I guess they're both... uh weirdos acting out their childhood trauma more yeah or less. i mean they're obviously fucked up kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a bunch of fucked I, up kids i mean i but to, to your to your point to your credit like the scenes are well done like that's a, it was a well done scene and you know the last time someone asked me questions about the game of faces they ended up like i i do like that it just i don't know it feels a, a little I, I mean i guess a lot of things are you know, much more fast paced. So maybe that's just another thing that they kind of have to amp up a bit because we're coming in episode seven and episode seven is the finale and then we're going to pay this stuff off. So, yeah, 
I'll have to defer judgment until we see the rest because you could be right. I just didn't get a negative feeling off these scenes in particular, but it could go south quick. And, uh, I mean, back to the beginning, yes, like going uh, north, not south, uh, if we yeah. go north quick. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very mu- it is very much kind of a corny boys club at the beginning where uh, it's like, well, Jenry, what? You were tied to a bed? Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> and uh, and Tormund and the Hound being like, Bran, it's hard. I want to have babies with her. Yeah, she's the hot-ass bitch. It's like, oh, it kind of I... <laughs> feels like they're going on like John's bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always go north of the wall. It's a gamble, like going to Vegas. Uh, I mean, John and Jorah have a nice back and forth where they're talking about his dad and the sword and all that. I did, I did like that. Um, yeah. But you're right; it's just kind of different. It keeps cutting back, and it's different. Here's two dudes talking, and here's two dudes talking, and uh, yeah, here's yeah. Beric and John talking a little bit. Yeah, I, I liked uh, a lot of it. I liked uh, the strategy for keeping warm. Uh, fucking, which is what I have to assume they did on that island to keep warm uh, because the math doesn't add up otherwise on how they survived that long. Someone should have had to go with Thoros, even if he couldn't move. That probably would have saved his life. Um, Because, yeah, there's a lot of those scenes and they kind of blur together. I think you mentioned the highlight, which is seeing Jorah and Jon talk about the sword. I kind of suspected that Jorah would say, you keep it. And then, you know, it goes to the Mormont family. But instead, he's like, you and your children. Um, I don't know. I I, I guess it it works either way. One quick thing. Sansa did say that she hasn't heard from Jon in weeks. So Mm -hmm. for all this question about time passing, what have you. It has been at least weeks, people, so don't get too nitpicky. Sure. Uh, <laughs> also, it seems like John wouldn't tell Sansa that he's going north of the Wall, so even even worse kingmanship in, in my book to, to like... Like he was abandoning them to go south to see a queen, and that was dangerous enough. But then he's saying, no, I'm going to go north. I'm just going to go with these ten dudes I know. Don't worry. They're all cool. I know all their names except, like, two guys. But they they seem cool. I'm sure I'll get to know those two guys that, that, that are in here walking who don't have character names. They're probably going to live super long. Um, yeah, he hasn't told her. They haven't kept in touch. But yeah, they all have conversations up there until uh, dead bear arrives. It's a uh, it's an awesome bear. Well, and before that, though, we do see a little uh, Tyrion and Daenerys having some girl talk a little bit, where Tyrion's like, you know, hey, all these guys you mentioned, they all love you, and then she's like, Jon Snow doesn't love me, <laughs> and he's like, hmm, hmm, and then she has that line, girl. he's he's too little, he's too little for me. Is it because uh-huh. she's used to like Dothraki like beasts? Like I don't what uh She should have said he's too short for me. Uh, uh yeah. That would have made more sense, I think. But uh maybe he's not I don't know how short he, they are in real life. But and, but yeah, that's the joke. It was pr- pretty funny. Yeah, and then Tyrion starts pushing like they start really pushing the idea of who's gonna be who who's the successor if something right. happens to her. Uh, which is interesting because I don't really remember being brought up before and it starts to like alarm bells start going off. Like, this is important. Why are they talking about this? Yeah. Uh, and it like, brings it up a few times. And, and then because it, it starts out with Daenerys saying how she loves that Tyrion's not a hero because, you know, he's not going to go off and die. 
and he's loyal and he's great. But then when he starts talking about the successor, she's like, maybe you want to kill me. Like, what do you, what do you want to know? He's going to be successor. You want me to die or something? What's going on here? Because he starts bringing up the meeting with Cersei. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of legitimate because uh, of what she was saying the other episodes. Maybe you're holding back a bit because it's your family. And now it's like, hey, what if you were to die? Like, I see his point of view, but I also see her point of view of like, can we have a positive attitude here or what? Uh, But on the other hand, if she were to die, the people she's gathered around her, it's basically like a cult of personality where they all like worship Daenerys. So if she dies and everyone starts fighting, if she just points to someone and says, this person shall be my successor, uh, that would make it so that if she died, they can still continue the movement. Right now, if she dies north of the wall, if she falls in that water and doesn't get fished out by her uncle... uh, then there's like there's no war anymore. You don't you don't think the Unsullied and the Dothraki have a bond greater than Daenerys? Like if Daenerys died, they're not going to be friends anymore. Maybe if they went north of the Wall, they would bond and have some buddy buddy moments. Uh, right now, I don't really see it. Yeah, yeah, and as you said, so then uh, back north of the Wall, a zombie bear attacks and eats some red shirts, and then uh, attacks uh, Thoros. Thoros is yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah, attacks yeah. him, eats him up. He's he's like what a priest of the Lord of the Light, right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. Um, and so yeah, so shit's going down. They use a flaming sword to you know uh, cauterize the wound. He's back up on his feet and he looks like death, and <laughs> he's not long for this world. Yeah, I, I at the time when I was watching, I was kind of uh, upset that he didn't die because I've been doing like. I mean, he, he didn't die immediately because I, I, I've i been doing a bit of research on like how to write a good fight scene and stuff like that and trying to piece it together. And basically, uh, it feels even more like the stakes aren't high because of this, because there's this whole scene that's supposed to, I think, show how dangerous the North is and how everything can go to hell. But because he doesn't die and no, none of the characters are significantly injured, uh, it, it didn't feel uh, like we were seeing the danger of the North. It, it felt like we were getting a reinforcement of, of showing how invincible these characters are with unbeatable plot armor status boosted all the way up. Granted, he did then die, so that certainly softens my my opinion on that. But but at the moment when I was watching it, it was kind of like, well, that bear was cool. What what did it actually progress as far as the plot? Uh, it, I don't think it changed anything. All it did was remind us that that animals can be. That's true. Whites are they whites? The zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of a reminder. But you're 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 completely right. Uh, but yeah, it really was just like a quick refresher of like, huh, you know, look at this the animal with blue eyes. Isn't that a little weird? Just yeah. don't that's don't think that that's out of out of out of question here. Um, and then they they like a lot of things with this, and I I get like a lot of things come out of convenience. Like there's it's just convenient. They happen to find a small little, you know, I guess one of the white walkers was like go check up out there and see what's going on mm-hmm. um i mean i guess the the big argument for how everything goes down is that potentially this was all part of the plan as far as on the night king's part yeah it's the only way you can really uh fully explain it because 
Yeah, they find a small little cavalry of, of whites and their white walker. And it's very convenient that when John kills the white walker, like all but one of the whites, you know, crumbles. So that works out. They got their one that they were looking for. But then, of course, you know, makes a, call, a cry for help and like the whole army's coming down on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says yes. To, he says to Good. Gendry, go send a raven to Daenerys, tell her what's happened. And my question is, what do you mean? What's happened? You've you are surrounded by zombies as you knew you would be because mm-hmm. you've had visions. You've been there. You've seen the Night King. And what does it say in that raven? It says we went and got a white. Then we heard some noises. Uh, we were probably all gonna die. Uh, and I mean that that's correct. I mean what what he probably writes is please come and help. Uh, what he should have written is why didn't you come in the first place? Uh, if you were even on the fence about if this is believable or not, why don't you take a dragon at least like north to east watch uh, just to have a, and kind of look over the edge there because they seem to be like two hours walk uh, into the north. They haven't made camp uh, or anything, so so they're right there at the border. There could be a dragon right outside the doors, and indeed, later they do fly back and forth, but I really did feel like when he was saying, go run and do that, I felt in, in my heart, and it doesn't really matter the math and all that stuff, but in my heart I felt, that's so stupid. If, like, <laughs> the dragon cavalry comes in and saves the day, it mm. makes this plan even more stupid than it initially was because they have to send a raven across all of Westeros. Uh, and I know a raven flies faster than, you know, a caravan trail or whatever, but they have to send it all the way, and then she has to fly all the way, and, and nothing went wrong with the plan. The plan went exactly as expected. It even went better for them than they could have imagined because, as you said, those whites were off to the side. So, uh, I don't know, Jim. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you also missed, he also says... You're the fastest. <laughs> and yeah. I was thinking, how did he know? How does he know he's the fastest? And actually, <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, right. I guess he's like the youngest, the only one who hasn't died and also is young, maybe. Uh, but yeah, who knows? And I guess the, the other, uh, uh, Jonathan in the chat, why didn't everyone run back with uh, Gendry? And I guess that's the other reason why Thoros wasn't killed. Because there's this like empty, like, we can't run with him, but it's, you know, at that point, just, you gotta leave that guy. You gotta leave him behind and let's all run. They gotta carry a white. Uh, Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're also carrying the white as well. Uh, But at the same time, what direction is Gendry running, or Gendry? Because they run one way. I assume he runs the other, but then the other direction is where the dead come from. But he's fine. They leave him alone. Um, yeah, it's all part of the plan. There's a lot of logic. There's a lot of logic leaps here. And oh, yeah. especially, I was like, going to say, I beg to differ. <laughs> you said there's a lot of logic. Oh, no, yeah. There's a lot of logic leaps here because especially setting up, like, it's, it's, it's a fun idea to have them on this, you know, rock island or surrounded by a frozen lake. It's mm-hmm. just how you get there. It's pretty clumsy, and the fact that they just like sit and wait, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not the best. <laughs> it's yeah. it's. I think it's. I still think it's thrilling, and it's fun. But yeah, you're you're take you're taping you're taking leaps to get there, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it builds, and we got you know the hound throwing rocks, and then he gives away that the 
ice has frozen back over. So it does show, I mean, they've been there for a bit, but then it's also so cold there that maybe it's not that long of a time for it to freeze back over. Yeah, I uh, I did read someone's maths on it that they posted online saying that potentially it could have happened in uh, four days uh, getting the help. Uh, so I guess if they were on that island for four days, like I guess it could add up, but it doesn't feel like it does because of the whole setup, because of the whole reason the plan was stupid in the first place and no one ever should have said let's do this plan this way because there's supposedly smart characters involved like Tyrion like uh, I mean I was gonna say Jon Snow but his plans don't usually work but you know this is a very Jon Snow plan actually the more I think about it let's just go and do it <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah I guess it adds up that they it could have happened but it doesn't feel like it makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, like you said, we do get the the dragons come in for the big save. Uh, I mean, I, again, it, I still think it's impressive. It's uh, it's fun to finally see, you know, we got to see a dragon in battle. Now we get to see a dragon in battle against the whites. Um, but we do get, what I do like is that they set up that, what do they call that dumb weapon that they had uh, to shoot the arrows at the... At the dragons, uh, scorpion was it called that? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I do like that now. It feels it, it, that was just kind of a you know like a red herring, like oh we're gonna see a dragon get killed. Yeah. But then we we see like a similar um, you know weapon, but just in the magical hands of a White Walker uh, as he throws the ice dagger through a dragon. And like I said, I was I've been preparing myself to see one of these fucking dragons die. And it didn't let me down. I was very sad. I was very bummed out. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jonathan did ask if he was heartless for not uh, for not being sad when a dragon died, and I told him, "Yes, yes, yes, yes you are." Uh, I agree. The worst death since Ned Stark. I agree. Uh, and even I though g- it was a side dragon that we barely remember the name of, because Drogon <laughs> yeah, is the them. only one yeah. that's been center stage ever. Uh, well, yeah. and it's pretty convenient too because he, the Night King is standing right in front of Drogon as everyone's getting on it. And instead of just, like, throwing into that, he throws it into the other one, which it's weird because it's it, you're just making excuses, but you have to be like, no, this is all part of the plan. Like, he's letting them go. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, the- I, I did read one explanation, uh, but, I mean, when you have to l- jump through all sorts of hoops to explain something, it, it doesn't really, like, make it make sense. Uh, the one I heard was that it wasn't really, like, the spear that killed him more hitting, like, maybe right when he was about to use his fire, it was almost like he was exploding from the inside or something like that. I mean, and- it did look like that but i kind of i don't think that's the implication i think the implication is that he throws that spear into a dragon you're done yeah moreover why wasn't drogon fire breathing at the night king i mean i've heard people say hey he's impervious to fire and i'm like yeah but it's dragon fire like it's like one step below wildfire like give it a shot uh in fact Jon snow could have said instead of like slowly hack and slashing his way towards the night king he could have said there over there do the fire thing dracarys over there uh and it certainly would have made more more of an impact than uh just slowly walking towards him yes yeah yeah um yeah, we, so yeah, we do see Jon Snow being Jon Snow, just not getting on the dragon to get out of there. 
He's got to fight and try to go for the Hail Mary, but Night, Night King's already got that Hail Mary taken care of. Huh? Am I wrong? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I didn't catch that one, <laughs> but okay. Uh, yeah. Because well, he threw I, the I also, Hail Mary pass, my man killed that dragon. I don't know what that means, Jim. Is that it's, a football it's, thing? It's a football touchdown. This is an American football thing? Okay. It is. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, don't, I, I guess it's a good thing that John didn't reach him because if he had... Uh, the Night King has even better biceps than Gen- Gendry uh, because he threw it at that dragon and the dragon died. So I don't know how a sword fight with him would go. Probably bad. So, yeah. So then they have to leave. They have to leave Jon Snow behind and he's overtaken by whites, falls into the water and they fly away. And Daenerys is very sad because she's in love with Jon Snow. There's nothing that could change that now. It's all solidified her love of Jon Snow. Mm. And uh, but then of course, uh, Jon Snow's not done. You of ain't course. seen the last of Jon Snow. No. He he climbs out of the water, and uh, he he's. But I do like that they were still. It wasn't quite a a, a Jamie and Bronn climbing out of the water because he climbed out of the water and there still were uh, whites around. So yeah. he, he was still like had to, would have had to have fight would have had to have fight again. But then uh, Cold Hands. That's that's his name, right? Uh, uh, Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah, Benjamin or Cold Hands. I don't know if they called him that in the actual show or not, but that's mm. what he is in the books. Uh, yeah, Cold and that's what uh, D.B. Weiss and whatever yeah. call him, Benioff. Yeah. Uh, he comes in, saves the day, and is like, get out of here. <laughs> uh, leave me here. And they kind of do explain it away a little bit. They talk about it in the like the the quick discussion on HBO, and they said that it was more – he saw this as his like he's been stuck in between life and death for so long and this was his final thing and now he can rest which really doesn't make sense but whatever yeah and also hey i, I don't have any more roles to fill here in this story so uh i'm a character you can finally kill off which would be more effective i think if we had seen him at all uh for the past uh I guess it's just last year, or I I, I lose. Well, he kind of just served. Yeah, I think it was last year, beginning of last year, or maybe the end of the season before. And he served the same purpose, right? He just saved Bran. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely last year because it was after uh, Hodor passed away. Oh so, yes, yeah. So yeah, it was just bringing him down to the wall, and I mean that was such a a weird and great moment because like cold hands was in the books at a much earlier stage and everyone had sort of given up hope and in the books as well we don't know for sure or didn't know for sure that benjen was cold hands that's why they referred to him as that name because they they never revealed that they were the same person even though it was implied in the books so to see him in the in the show just bounce in like hey it's me uh, that was pretty cool back then uh he he I, I mean, I, I guess I would have, uh, I, I expected or assumed we would get a moment where one of the dragons, the other one, because one of the dragons kind of vanishes when when they fly off. I, I, we don't really see the other one fly away, as far as I recall. Um, so I felt like that dragon would just dive in and pick up Jon Snow because uh, he's a Targaryen. Yeah, yeah. So, but nope, the good old Cold Hands comes in, saves the day, and then... Daenerys, like I said, she's in love with Jon Snow, so she's waiting at the wall, like hoping to see him stumble out of the woods. Mm-hmm. And he does on Cold Hands' horse, 
And now they get to, I don't know why she was on a boat, because she could have gotten on her dragon, right? But I guess it's because of Jon Snow. And like you said, we get this dramatic reveal now where she sees his wounds and his, you know, him without his shirt. Hell yeah. And the sexual chemistry, my dude. Mm-hmm. It is off the scales. Oh, my gosh. And kind of the other thing, too, with the whole bending the knee, it was clearly just delayed for this moment as well because he finally decides he's going to bend the knee. He sees... Since she saved his life, he sees what a leader she is, and <laughs> that proves it. Like, hey, anyone that's going to save my life, they're a good king in my book or a queen. Uh, and then, you know, she's like, I hope I deserve it. So, I mean, it was still it was a nice scene. Um, mm-hmm. They're on the same page now, ready to fight, ready to do whatever. And then we come back for one last gasp as the the whites have chains and they're pulling the dragon out of the water. And, uh, you know, hey, they got a dragon now. Ho, ho, ho. This is <laughs> this is just a slight uh, caution to everyone out there. Be careful with your tweets, because I saw a tweet from one Jim Scampoli saying, people complain about the faceless men, or they don't complain about faceless men, but these chains are such a big deal. And granted, you didn't actually spoil anything. But all episode, one hour and 15 minutes, I was waiting for chains. I was like, are they going to tie up the white when they catch it? Oh, you uh, hadn't uh, seen it yet? No, Arya, does Man, Arya have the pass. chains? Yes, it was a late pass. I mean, I saw, uh, obviously, a lot of people were on the leak this week, but I was just watching the last week's episode when the leak was coming out and i am in this mindset where i want to be in the right mood to watch game of thrones if i sit down and i'm kind of distracted or whatever i'm like oh no i can't do it it has to be just right and then i light some candles i try to get into it and uh i i really because there's so few episodes uh if it was like a 10 10 episode season i would usually like oh my god show me immediately and now i'm kind of like i don't want it to be over so yeah i hadn't seen it yet but the chains, yes, big chains. Uh, people care a lot about them. Uh, it doesn't matter. Where people kept going. saying, where do they get the chains? Mm. And, like, who knows? Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Like, that's what I, that, that was my main point. Yeah, you have magic faces. You have magic chains. He's, a, he's the Night King. We've seen him do crazy shit. He brings the dead back to life. Although the other, if you bring up the point, he could have just, he should have just made him float up on his own. Like, he brings up the dead, like, without touching them or whatever. But maybe since it is a dragon, he does have to touch him. I don't know. I, I think. I, I mean, I think that adds up. And also, I don't think like he doesn't make humans fly when he makes them undead. He just makes them stand up. So that dragon couldn't have like gotten out of there without. I, I think that he could have gotten extra. Out of there. He could. They could have even had a more dramatic thing if he just was raising his hands up and then the dragon's head shoots up out of the ice and he's That's got the true. blue eyes and he's like, Wah! and it's like, oh hell yeah, he's blowing ice. Uh, yeah, that could have uh, could have been the case. Uh, I mean, as I, I my thinking was, uh, hey, the fucking White Walkers have been up there in the north for literally thousands of years. I mean, I guess they were like napping. They were napping during most of that time, but uh, clearly they're pretty intelligent. They have a shitload of minions who'll do whatever they tell them, so uh, they can probably get some iron chains. Not to mention there was like. The, all the stuff they still have, like, under the ice, like, far under the ice, is probably a lot of old shit from, like, the Age of Heroes, back when they, you know, built the wall and all that. So there was a lot of crazy shit going on back then. I'm sure there's some chains lying around that they could have used. Very true. Now, what does this mean for the 
all the fans out there that are waiting for who are the three heads of the dragons? Does this kill the whole um, warging into like the three people warging into the dragons? So now yeah. is it just going to be John and Danny? But yeah. uh, but not even John and Danny. It's just going to be Bran. Mm, you, yeah, but I I don't think the whole warging into dragons thing is going to be central in the TV show. This is where I feel like the the books and the TV shows uh, TV show is pretty different, and I'm I'm fine with it. Like I'm fine with the show going its own way because it feels like that's fairly central in the books. There's a lot of stuff that's fairly central where they just skip or do their own thing. It doesn't matter if you can warg into a dragon here. What matters if it is if it likes you and if it'll let you ride it. That's how you control it because Daenerys so controls it. So you don't warging. think the books, the Night King will get a dragon? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, that's a good question. Mm, I don't know because there's a lot of stuff set up. I think the the main reason. I mean, I. I assume next episode that dragon's bringing down the wall or at least flying them over it. Is that what you think as well? Potentially. I hadn't even thought about that, honestly. That's what I assume because we've been saying, like, the wall has to come down in the last episode. Now they have a dragon. Ho, ho, ho. So (laughs) uh, that's probably where it's going to go. And in the books, there's all these mechanisms of, like, this horn you blow and then the wall goes down. And that's been a thing for books and books. And that might be a red herring, too. Uh, But... Potentially, the, there's no dragon uh, in the Night King's hands, or maybe it happens under very different circumstances. Probably, um, I was yeah, just saying. I just I don't figured. Think I just no figured. Warging. Yeah, if if it does happen in the books, would it change the? I don't know what they name the theory, but you know, I know that's been a constant discussion on who who would be the third person to take a dragon. Maybe yeah. it is just the Night King. Maybe you'll have John and Daenerys warging into dragons and you get the Night King war getting into his dragon. Could be. I mean, one of the parts of that, big parts of that theory, uh, some variations, was that Tyrion is also a secret Targaryen and there's all this hashtag secret Targaryen. I mean, I still think Drogon is Daenerys's for sure. And of course, the other dragon that's left goes to Ed Sheeran because he's a hashtag secret Targaryen and there's no other way for it to all make sense. Uh, it's very established. Uh, hands of gold he's singing about. They think it's Jamie, but of course it's the golden hands of the Targaryen legacy that uh, he has, you know, and they can control dragons. So that's what's going to happen. Nailed it. Uh, Jonathan, in the chat, what do you think about the theory that the event was all part of the Night King's plan to get a dragon? That he has the same powers as Bran. Uh, I think like it it fixes some of the logic stuff. Like we kind of mentioned that as we we're talking about the, how this action plays out in the show and how you could kind of nitpick some of the stuff. I guess it fixes that, but like you had said, you got to kind of jump through hoops to make it real. I guess mm-hmm. they could be, but it's just you're trying to fill in gaps that maybe explain away some of the poor handling. I mean, in a show that that handles action and conflict so well, it really for it, it had a lot of great moments, but it had a lot of problems as well. And it it kind of felt like they were like, well, in the episode before the finale, we always have a big battle, so we need to do something. So let's just do this. Yeah. Uh to answer Jonathan's question, I think that's extremely likely. Uh maybe like, we don't know exactly how far Bran's powers go, but we know they're kind of similar to the Night's King. The whole situation, I mean, yeah, he, he didn't... 
granted he does he does have a bit of a poker face but i was gonna say he didn't really like seem shocked that there were dragons he he was kind of like okay let's get on with it um that's also one of the like uh one of the potential reasons why not not shooting down drogon i guess someone said something like that but i don't remember exactly i think that's very likely um because there's no horn so how are they getting past that wall yeah yeah i agree um that was kind of one of the complaints too is that uh we didn't get reactions from some of these other characters to like seeing a dragon or seeing the whites and stuff like having some of that stuff kind of confirmed whether it be the hound or uh beric or any of those guys like you'd think you'd be like wow what the fuck so it is real it's Mm -hmm. true the jedi the light, the darkness, all of it. It all it's happened. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess we kind of covered most of these episodes. I want to say there's a lot of cool stuff happening, especially in episode six that we really didn't go into. We could gush over it a lot more. Uh, and I do want to make plain that it's some fantastic television making going on on like the production level on the way it looks and i certainly for a lot of the episode when there was action going on i was swept away i wasn't caring about these things it's only when it's over and you're kind of left there and thinking did that all make sense did that add up do i feel completely satisfied by it or could they have tweaked it just a little bit as far as motivations made it a bit more believable uh, and made it actually be super triumphant because there wasn't any, like, I don't know. There's been episodes in Game of Thrones that have had a budget that's like a tenth of this, and they've affected me more because of how they've chosen to develop the characters, because of the realism of the world and the choices they make. It all adds up, and here it doesn't feel the same way. That's a fucking awesome bear, though, so it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, it's still it's still awesome when the dragons come in and they're blowing away whites and sinking them into the lake, or when they're on that rock and John tries to save that red shirt nobody mm-hmm. and he falls over the cliff and gets swallowed up. Um, and you know when when Tormund was maybe getting pulled into the the ice, I was like, no fucking way. But uh, you know, they saved him. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad they saved him, but, you know, you, you watching Game of Thrones, you get that moment of like, uh-oh, here it comes, here's the heartbreak. Um, but, you know, they saved him, so he lives another day to maybe get it on with Brienne of Tarth. Finally. I, that's the cliffhanger. We're all waiting to see how that develops. I, honestly, I, I, it's simple to, like, boil it down to this, but I would have been happier if, like, one more character died. It's kind of stupid to say it that it, way. I agree. But it it's is dumb, be- but, yeah. Yeah. Because of the way they shot it, where they're all wearing, like, winter clothes, so when it's fast cuts, you can't even really see what's happening, but you just assume that when someone's in danger, it's not one of the main characters, it's one of those two other guys, like... One scene ends with the hound walking ahead of everyone else, and the next scene there's someone way ahead of everyone else, and it turns out to be one of the red shirts who gets killed by the bear. The hound is just not there. He's he's off doing something else. If they just... I mean, like when, when he's getting pulled into the ice, after every time that happens, and a main character doesn't die, like with Jamie, like a lot of times in this episode, uh, the world feels less realistic and less dangerous, and that's kind of been the meat 
and potatoes of Game of Thrones is having something that feels gritty and realistic. It's what makes it different from all other fantasy. And they still like have a grasp on that. It's not like it's gone away completely. But with episodes like this, they're going to lose a lot of that tension. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and I, yeah, and like you were saying, because I know we're being fairly negative, it's still, it's still great TV. Um, it's still epic, you know, epic battles, like really, uh, really well done technical stuff. Uh, it's just cause we're, you know, speeding along. And I, I, I gotta wonder on, I guess it's because of all the work and the extra budget on why the dis- decision to make the shorter, uh, seasons, because it does feel like some of these things could have, you know, helped with a little bit more breathing room. Um, yeah. And it's because I don't feel like it's like I thought it's because, you know, hey, there's not much story left. So we need to do this. Mm-hmm. And but with the way things are so compressed, it doesn't feel like that. It really comes even though the show I know the show is one of the most expensive on TV. It's not like they're they're, uh, you know, pinching pennies. But maybe since they do have to up up the uh, production a lot more and there's so much more to be done that's why it has to be you know cut down into the seven episodes rather than ten yeah I guess so because I was also feeling like I suppose they're doing this to make it uh, you know uh, to make it uh, like climactic all the time because it's all going to be bang 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 but a lot of the stuff has felt like it's really suffered from not having the usual breathing room around it from from like not getting those intimate simple scenes that would usually like let us into the characters minds and instead we get like quick one-liners and jokes and winks at the audience that kind of pulls us more out of it than putting us into it but yeah with an episode like this i can understand that this is like the budget of three episodes all in one it seems like but then we had the battle of the bastards last year and i don't think they're like lowering the budget since last year so uh who knows yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's all coming down to next week or this yeah. week or what have you. And uh, it looks like, you know, with the jets setting around Westeros, it looks like everyone will be in King's Landing for this big meeting. So I feel like everything will go really well. And, yeah. You know, everyone will for set sure. aside their differences rather easily and, uh, you know, fight a common enemy. I oh, mean, probably. No uh, well, what's this... Um, well, actually, I, I haven't seen this as like a... Th- I'm sure this is a theory. I just saw uh, Max Landis talking about it. Is uh, the reveal with the White Walkers is that they're kind of good and they have a, you know, uh, plan that we, we're we not privy to That's that makes them not quite evil as we expect? Mm. I mean, we already know they were created as a weapon to fight humans, which makes it seem like their goal is to kill humans and turn them into them themselves but uh do you have any uh like info on what that potential plan could be i don't i don't it just feels like something people are saying because we don't know a lot about them so you just feel like they're gonna pull the rug out from under us somehow mm-hmm. uh but yeah i because i don't necessarily subscribe to it i just wasn't sure if that was a larger theory even among book readers mm, i'm not sure because they've always been depicted as sort of a force of nature and then now we've been seeing through the show mainly been seeing that they have more of a culture and more like their own thoughts and personalities and stuff 
uh, and that certainly leans a bit in that direction. So it's kind of hard to say, but I, I it would be kind of weird if they showed up at the meeting like, well, I think we should do this, like, <laughs> with all the others. And they're like, you're here too, shit, you were traveling way fast, the wall just well, went down, fuck. I say we're robbing Westeros of this natural resources and killing the environment. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, that seems, uh, they've been proposed as a, you know, metaphor for climate change or whatever, so in that way, if they, you know, kill all the human... They're not releasing that much carbon dioxide. Maybe the dragons are or something. So I, I don't know what's bad about humanity in this world. Maybe it's because of all the violence. They're going to say, we're going to end the violence by killing humanity because we're the our enemy is violence and therefore we end those who kill each other or something. Then it's like, oh, then we have to live in Daenerys' dream world where everyone's happy puppies and no one fights. And then the, the White Walkers join them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marco in the chat, if they keep pacing like seasons one through four... Then they'd have to make like three or four seasons. I'm not saying I'm not. We're, I don't think we're necessarily saying to keep that pacing, but it feels like you could have kept a similar pacing to this season, but still had it be ten episodes. And I don't know. Maybe there have been plenty of shows that we've watched and we're like, why is this ten episodes? This should have been like six episodes. So maybe True. it wouldn't come off that way. Mm-hmm. But with the way people are compl- like complaining and nitpicking some of the stuff. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe there there could have been it, maybe not necessarily a full ten, but maybe like another one or two with some of these things. Like I feel like especially this episode, and I think this has been a common criticism. If this was kind of played out over two episodes, it probably would have hit a little harder. Like you could even you can have a full episode and have it end with them stuck on that lake, and then kind of pick up from there. I feel, but. Mm. I mean, hearing that's a good comment from him because I really do now think we're pretty hard to please, Jim. (laughs) Like looking at the other shows where we said this should have been this many episodes and that many episodes. Uh, Because, I mean, remember the High Sparrow? Remember how fucking long that went on for? Oh, no, I agree. But my argument with that is that it's it's weird that we wasted so much time on that and then we're rushing through some of this this stuff. And yeah. I would maybe second guess it if it wasn't just us saying it, but I feel like I guess normies are even saying it. Like people that don't sit around and discuss a television show uh, yeah. and like what it means and what they're going for. Like I feel like just people that, you know, hey, just sit and watch it. Uh, they're, st- they're even like, wait a minute, how they are to get there? Wait, what's going on? <laughs> That's yeah. already happening. Um so I don't think it's too nitpicky to feel like some of this stuff could have could have uh, had a little bit more breathing room. I mean, it is nice they're playing off some shorthand because we do know these characters, so we do get how they're reacting and what the situation is. But I feel like there's there's a happy medium there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I did have two leftover notes that I just wanted to mention real quick because watching episode five with them planning and... Also connected to the whole execution uh, of the Tarleys, I, I wrote down, why is Tyrion being so fucking squeamish? Because he <laughs> even looks sad then when they have to kill those two guards when uh, Gendry thumps him with that hammer. He's like, oh no, we had to uh, kill two guards. He's like fucking killed people Yeah, with why shields. is he doing that? He's been that? a battle commander and now he's all like, eh, I killed my dad, so now I'm so sad all the time. Like, come on, let the world harden you up instead of going all like emo like the Hound is nowadays. Just, uh, why? Are you only doing that because 
the show needs you to be someone who opposes what Daenerys is trying to do or what. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it is just kind of for the plot, basically, I guess. But like you said, you can't explain it away because he had to kill his dad and that's what changed him. But we didn't we haven't seen that enough to get that feeling uh, organically. I mean, it really seems like the past seasons don't like they bring it up, but they it, they never make it matter that much. Like, for example, when Tyrion and Davos arrive at King's Landing and he's like, oh, last time I was here, I killed my dad. And he's all sad. And then Davos <laughs> like, yeah, hey, uh, remember last time I was here? You killed my son. Let's never bring that up again. Like, let's that's you know, we're all united under Daenerys's flag now. So I guess we get along now. Yeah, yeah, they're, and and it they're only kind of mentioning it so the audience isn't like, hey, didn't uh, wasn't last time you there he killed his dad? Yeah, they're hey, only didn't mentioning he it kill his son <laughs> so that we don't wait for a reveal of that uh, because otherwise we would have been like, it's got to be brought up that this uh, was that this was happening. Uh, anyway, I also had just a quick prediction from Jonathan who thought that when they have that meeting with Cersei. Uh, as she will agree to fight the zombies with the condition that she should get Tyrion to punish him for killing their father. And uh, then, yeah, and then Danny will request to get Jamie because Jamie murdered his father. That's kind of interesting. I'm not, sh- I don't really think that's going to happen, but honestly, with the motivations and ways of thinking that the characters have now, I don't, that might add up. Well, it, it it has to come down to a trial by combat with the Hound versus the Mountain. That's all. <laughs> However they yeah. figure it out. However they figure yeah. it out, that's what needs to be done. I remember oh, yeah. going into this episode, someone was saying like, oh, the Hound's going to get turned, and then you'll have Zombie the Hound versus <laughs> Zombie the Mountain. <laughs> I would have paid to see that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh that would be something. I don't know. Maybe that would happen, as Jonathan described, but more of a hostage situation where, like, who's the person we can give who, like, you don't hurt them or we don't hurt them. And then Jamie and Tyrion seem like uh, obvious choices for that because Cersei obviously only cares about uh, Jamie. And, uh, I mean, Daenerys would have to give over Jon Snow or something, but uh, she can't do that. Uh, so who knows? Just a quick thought there. I think that about wraps it up as far as these two episodes. Next week we have the finale where the wall will go down from a dragon. Uh, that's Or fly over it, I guess. That's the only thing I can imagine. Uh, there's no way that doesn't happen as far as I'm concerned. What Do you have any other predictions as far as the finale? Um, I, I would hope Littlefinger's going to get his. Um, but I don't know. I feel like he's going to linger along for a little while. Yeah. I, it's uh, honestly, I I don't really know what with the way things have been going. I don't know if they're gonna if it's things are gonna amp up even faster or if they're gonna take this moment to slow things down a little bit and set up next year. So I'm very anxiously awaiting to see what goes down, though. Yeah, I feel like it could be uh, slower setup and then followed by the wall going down in like the last. 15 minutes hopefully not the last 15 seconds hopefully like actually showing like an army of whites coming to winterfell and then Arya 
has to like help Sansa escape instead of them like all complaining about each other. They actually be on the same side. Littlefinger unfortunately gets turned and becomes like uh, <laughs> comes like a, a counselor to the Night King. And he starts scheming with the Night King. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what it'll be is like like they'll finally be going after Littlefinger, like ready to you know take him out or something, and then it'll be like a crash. Like, what was that? And then Bran will like float in, be like it was the wall. And you yeah. hop on my back. <laughs> We're getting out of here. The dragon now. <laughs> Remember when they said I'd never walk, but I'd fly? It wasn't a metaphor. <laughs> I could Marco in the chat, the mountain and the hound hug it out. I'd like to see that too. Yeah, nice, sweet, sweet conclusion. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, hey, everyone. Do you know what you could do that would really help this show that you listen to? You could go to iTunes and leave us a review. Yes, uh, please. You could actually do it. You don't even need to have a Mac. You don't need to have one of those expensive, ridiculous computers. You can just, like, uh, go to iTunes. Maybe you have to install the program, but, I mean, come on. You've been listening to us for probably, like, a year. We've been doing this for a year. We'd really uh, appreciate it if you took some time to leave a review, for real. It would help us a lot. wouldn't take a lot of time. Yes, please review and even just subscribe. Even if you don't use iTunes, just subscribe on there. But if, even if you don't do that, review. If you don't want to write a review, even if you just rate the show, I think that actually really helps. Yeah, just a little click. Uh, speaking of which, you can also give a little click on our YouTube. That is well, where we will be doing a lot more live streaming of our discussions. And that means that that's the first place uh, where everything is going to go up. And then we're going to get everything up on the feed, the iTunes and uh, podcast feed, as fast as possible. But if you want to join in the discussion, you can do so there. And we're going to try to give you better notice for when we figure out the technology. So we're going to let you know in advance so you can also show up and have a discussion with us because this is your television podcast. Yes, yeah, we'll get it down to a science so you'll know uh, ahead of time. And uh, yeah, and also you can find more from Jacob at awesomepedia.org. All kinds of good stuff. And you can find more from me at jimandthem.com. Thank you so much. Later.